Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. When it comes to being bold, there is a fine line between being brave and foolish, between courage and carelessness. If someone jumps into rushing water to save a helpless person, that is courageous, brave. But if someone does the same thing only to impress another person they're attracted to, that's careless. Not that any of us have ever done anything careless in our life trying to impress someone that we are attracted to. I know none of us would ever do that, right? I'll never forget the time I experienced myself, that very fine line between uh, brave and and foolish. I, I was standing on the ledge. I, I eyed my, my landing. I took a deep breath for my jump. But before I tell you the whole story, It might help for some of you to know who I am if you're new. Maybe it won't help once you hear the story. I don't know. Either way, my name is Jeff Manis. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, my prayer for all of us today, uh, whether you're here in person or joining us uh, online somewhere, my hope, my prayer is that every one of us, me included, would take one more step in living out the vision God has for us. We exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. And I really do pray that all of us, no matter who you are, can engage with God's vision for us right here at Element. I was standing on the ledge, ready to jump into my story of bravery, only it wasn't brave at all. I just wanted to beat my twin brother, Jeremy, in seeing who could jump from the highest stair on the staircase in our house. I was probably seven or eight years old. I got my twin brother with me, and we're just matching step for step all the way until I finally must have thought, I'm not fooling around any longer. I'm just going to go to the very top step and get this thing over with. So I went to the very top step of the staircase in our childhood home. I stood on the ledge. I took a deep breath. I jumped as hard and as high as I could to cover the stairs and land on the landing below only one major problem. I failed to account for the wall, the overhang that came down at the bottom of the stairs. Like here's a picture, this is not from our home, from the story, but the landing would have been larger. But there's that wall that comes down on many staircases and wham, I hit my face on that wall, crumpled at the bottom of the stairs. It's amazing I wasn't injured any more than my pride, although my brother would tell you my brain has been injured. We'll just let that, let that, that, let that go. All that to say, there is a very fine line between brave and just being brash, between brave and foolish. And in that moment for me, There was no humble bravery. It was all about beating my brother in the stair jumping contest. And just for the record, I won. (laughs) Just want to put that on the record. He didn't even try to do what I did because he's not nearly as awesome as I am. (laughs) Today, as we continue, he's smarter than me, that's for sure. Today, as we continue the sermon series we've been in called Weekend Warriors, we're going to talk about being bold in our speaking for Jesus. And I want us to remember that very fine line 
between bold and brash, between bold and uh, between brave and and foolish. Uh, We've walked through the whole armor of God already in the series. The Apostle Paul, who writes the book of Ephesians that contains the armor of God, he starts out that section by saying, be strong in the Lord. Put on all of the armor of God so that you're able to stand firm against every attack of the enemy, Satan, in our lives. And this isn't just a Sunday thing or, or even a weekend thing. We are, we are more than weekend warriors. It's a, an all-day, everyday thing where we put on the belt of truth buckled around our waist, the body armor of God's righteousness, the shoes of peace, which come from the good news, the gospel of Jesus. We hold up the the shield of faith, put on the helmet of salvation, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we are persistent in our prayers at all times on every occasion, standing firm to the very end. And then after all of that, Paul asks for a specific prayer for himself. Paul asks that, that the people in Ephesus that he was writing the letter to, that they would pray for his boldness. Ephesians 6 19 and 20, this is just after Paul goes through the whole list of the armor of God. Paul says this, and pray for me too, which is encouraging if you think about it. Uh, Paul was one of, he's literally one of the giants of the faith. He was so bold, so courageous, endured so much. And yet Paul, this giant in the faith, even he said, "I, I want you to pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now. He was in prison where he was writing this prison for his faith in Jesus, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Now, again, don't forget, there's a fine line between being bold and brash, between brave and foolish. You can be bold in your speech without being mean. You can be bold in talking about Jesus without being a jerk. Sadly, there are some Christians that that still need to hear that these days. In fact, for some people in the room, it, it may have been the brashness of Christians who were claiming to be bold that's turned you off to Jesus. And I get it. I do. Like my heart breaks and sometimes I get angry when I see how many Christians carry themselves in the name of Jesus, hiding behind words like truth only to communicate it in a way that is very unloving and unkind. So even if you don't believe or agree with with what I'm saying today, I hope you'll see a different kind of boldness that God expects from his followers. And I really hope you, you know that even if you never come to believe what we believe, you are so loved by God and you are so loved by our church and we are thrilled that you are here with us. For the Christians in the room, just think about how the armor of God plays into our boldness. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, If you were headed into an actual battle, this is a rhetorical question, so you don't need to answer, but if you were headed into an actual battle and you put on all of the armor provided for you, would that make you more bold in the battle or less bold? Like more, right? 
If you have all the armor of God on, it makes you more bold. So Paul prays for boldness in his speaking about Jesus. And the moment I say that, it makes a lot of us Christians uncomfortable. If you're more of an introvert like, like me, it's even more difficult when you talk about what it means to share your faith with those around you. You, you might ask questions like, bold and speaking for Jesus, what does that even mean? Do I have to talk about Jesus all the time to everyone, no matter where I go? Like, what do I say? How do I do that? Who do I even, even talk to? Do I have to go door to door and knock on people's doors? Like, we just start panicking about what that means, right? Or, or, or even beyond that, maybe you're just saying this, man, my life sucks right now. My, my circumstances, like, they are chaos so what would me saying anything about Jesus even matter if I was bold for Jesus? So, so here's the thing. Being bold in our speaking does not mean that you have to talk about Jesus all the time to everyone, no matter where you are. Like, you don't have to be weird. Please don't be weird. There are plenty of weird people out there, even in the Christian faith, we don't need to add more to the mix. Like when, when you're at Olive Garden and the waiter asks you if you'd like bread, you don't need to ask them, well, do you like the bread of life? <laughs> like, please don't do that. It's weird, okay? Or if you're at Starbucks, you order your drink, the barista says, would you like that hot or cold? You don't need to respond with, which option would you prefer for eternity? That's funny right there, but don't do that. Please, someone's gonna go out this week and do that. Don't use my name if you do that, okay? That's just weird. We don't have to be weird when it comes to our speaking about Jesus. No, being bold in our speaking does not mean talking about Jesus all the time to everyone, no matter where you are. And, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't mean also that your life has to be perfect. In fact, I believe one of the greatest, most powerful testimonies of the Christian faith is that in our life, our circumstances can be chaos, even tragic, and yet inside we are filled with peace. I think it's powerful when we share the peace we have in the midst of, of chaos. Really, if I had to boil down our boldness in our speaking to one statement, it would be our big idea for today, and it's this. Boldness in speaking is saying the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. There's a lot of R's, so I'll let that just marinate for a second. While I drink from my OU cup, Boomer Sooner, because they beat Texas yesterday, and I nearly screamed my voice out in the process uh, you know, not thinking about the sermon I had to preach today. Boldness in our speaking is saying the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. Just that alone would keep a lot of us from turning people off to Jesus if we'd actually speak with that kind of boundary in, in mind. Because it is possible to say the right thing, but in the wrong way and for the wrong reason. And it really does no good when we do that. So as we put on all of the armor of God and as we stay persistent in our prayers, may we also be bold in our speaking, saying the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. But how do we do that? 
Okay, that's the question we're going to try to answer today. Our big question is this, how do we stay bold in our speaking? How do we stay bold in our speaking? Main scripture, 2 Timothy 2, 7 through 10. That's in the New Testament portion of the Bible. Um, And if you didn't bring a Bible with you, it'll all be on the screens. If you don't own a Bible, you can download one called YouVersion or ask for one out at guest services before you go. We'll get you one. 2 Timothy uh, is is, is believed to be uh, the Apostle Paul's final letter written. Paul wrote this one as well. This was toward the end of his life. He was in prison in Rome for his faith in Jesus. And he would actually end up having his life taken while in that prison because of his faith in Jesus. In verses 1 through 7, he basically challenges Timothy to be bold in his faith. And before we jump into what Paul says following that, I want to stop and pray and ask for God's help today. Father in heaven, we need your help. Lord, we, I believe, every Christian desires to be bold in our speaking for you. But it's, it's difficult. We, we don't always know when to say something or how to say it or who to say it to. So I, I just pray we'd be encouraged today from the words of Paul as we look at how we can stay and remain bold in our speaking for you. Lord, help us to, to know uh, to say the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. And Lord, I, I just ask that as I speak, as we read your word, I ask that your power, your anointing, and your authority would be in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Timothy 2, 7 and 8, Paul says this, Think about what I am saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. So talking about being bold in your faith, the Lord will help you understand, and then he says this, Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. So boldness in our speaking is saying the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. How do we do that? Well, the first thing I see from the words of Paul is this, remember the resurrection. Remember the resurrection. Now, there's a couple of ways you could go with this. First of all, this relates to far more than just our speaking, although we're applying it to that today. That because Jesus is alive, anything is possible. I thought that might get a few more Christians excited in the room. Apparently, I'll be excited for you. That because Jesus is alive, anything is possible. A little bit better. Okay, Uh, I know some people believe about themselves, and I'll tell you now, it's not true, but I know we believe it about ourselves. I could never speak out for Jesus. I'm too shy, I'm introverted, I'm scared, I don't know what to say, I don't have the answers when people ask me questions, whatever it is, but that's where we have to rely on the power of the resurrection. That because Jesus is alive, anything's possible. That the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside those of us who believe in him. We we sang about this earlier in the song, Resurrecting. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of of defeat. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. In your name, I come alive to what? Declare your victory that Jesus is alive. 
I can be bold in my speaking when I just remember the resurrection. Paul said, this is the good news I speak, that Jesus is alive. And sure, for some people, uh, just, just based on their personality or their spiritual gifting that God's given them, God might give them more opportunities or different opportunities to speak boldly for their faith in Jesus. But I fully believe that if you'll just ask God for the opportunity and then be looking for the opportunity, that God will actually give you the opportunity and then empower you inside of your personality and your gifting to speak boldly for Jesus wherever he places you in life, to take the opportunity and remember the resurrection, that because Jesus is alive, anything's possible. Colossians 4 verse 5 talks about this opportunity Paul says this, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity to speak about Jesus. Peter the disciple in 1 Peter 3.15 put it this way, instead you must worship Christ as Lord of your life and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Christians in the room, if we would focus on living our lives for Jesus and like Jesus, God will be faithful to provide opportunities to speak about Jesus. If we'll live for him and like him, God will give opportunities to speak about him. In fact, according to Peter, people will actually ask us about the hope that we have. And what is our hope? We sang about that as well. Jesus Christ, our living hope. So you don't have to know the answer to every question. You don't need to be able to explain the deepest theologies of scripture. Yes, we as Christians, we should seek to know as much as we can about God and the word. But ultimately, I hope this sets someone free today. Ultimately, I don't know is an acceptable answer to someone. I don't know, but I'm glad you asked and I'd love to walk with you as we seek to find the answer. But all I know is this, Jesus is alive. He changed my life. And so anything is possible. If we start there, if we start there, that's the foundation to actually talking about Jesus. He's alive. So anything is possible. When you look at the very first Christians in the book of Acts, like their boldness, it was born from the very reality that the tomb they saw him put in was no longer had a body in it, that Jesus rose from the dead. Our faith, by the way, our faith, Christian faith, is not based on a, a, a book filled with different letters called the Bible. Our faith is actually based on an actual event in history called the resurrection, like Paul said in 1 Corinthians, if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is useless and we should be more pitied than anybody on the earth. No, our faith is not based on a book. It's based on the resurrection. That because Jesus is alive, anything is possible. Got to remember the resurrection. That boldness in our speaking is saying the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. 
So we remember the resurrection. Number two is this. You'll be glad to know I have three points. They all have ours today. We're back on track. Retain a realization. Retain a realization. And you might ask, a realization of what? And I'm so glad you asked because now I can tell you. In verse 9 of 2 Timothy of our main scripture, Paul tells us, says this, And because I preach this good news, because I preach about Jesus being alive, I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. We've got to retain that realization that the word of God cannot be chained. Now this goes back to our need for the armor, by the way. Paul was was bold about the resurrection, and what did people do? They retaliated against him. The battle increased. And there are times, even when we are bold in the right way, when we stand up for truth or share scripture or speak about Jesus to someone, even when we do that in a kind, loving, caring, compassionate, gracious way, the enemy hates that. And so he will cause people at times to retaliate against us. The battle will increase, which is why we need to put on all of the armor. Even when we speak, we might be attacked back. So Paul, yes, he was put in prison for his boldness. And that's a very real possibility still today. Like all over the world, we're blessed in America, it's not happened yet. But all over the world, people are arrested for their faith in Jesus, for speaking about Jesus. But that's not the focus of verse 9. Verse 9 does not focus on the fact that Paul's in prison and suffering. The focus is on one word, the word but. And it's a big but. Paul likes, I'll spare you. (laughs) I wanted to say it, but I'll spare you. Now you're going to think it anyway, so. Paul said, I'm suffering and I've been chained like a criminal. I want to go back and look what he said though. But the word of God cannot be chained. Prison cannot stop the gospel from moving forward. Persecution cannot stop the gospel. In fact, throughout history, do you know where the gospel grew the fastest? Wherever it was opposed the most. So persecution can't stop the gospel. Disasters can't stop the gospel. COVID can't stop the gospel. Disease or illness or tragedy cannot stop the gospel. You know how many stories there are of people enduring horrible diseases, accidents, ailments, whatever it is. And in the midst of it, they were given an opportunity to share their faith with people they wouldn't have had access to outside of the suffering they were in. There are stories of doctors and nurses and patients in hospitals putting their faith in Jesus based on the boldness of Christians who were enduring suffering while also holding on to the hope that Jesus is alive so anything's possible. But they wouldn't have had that opportunity outside of the suffering that they were even in. Friends, the word of God cannot be chained. And if we're going to be bold in our speaking, if we're going to say the right thing at the right time, uh, for the, in the right way, for the right reason, then we have to retain that realization that no matter what God allows in my life, his word cannot be stopped. 
So every success in life is a chance to share about our salvation. And every obstacle is an opportunity to talk about the hope that we have. We just need to be ready by remembering the resurrection and retaining the realization that the word of God can't be chained. It can't be stopped by any circumstance in my life. Then the last way we stay bold in our speaking about Jesus is this. Number three, got to refocus on our relationships. Refocus on our relationships. In verse 10, Paul says something that I, I want to caution us on. That be careful in, in, in saying this or praying this. That if you're, if you're going to say this and mean it, you better really mean it. If you're going to pray it, you better really believe it. Paul says this in our last verse of the main scripture, verse 10 of 2 Timothy. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Wow. I'm willing, Paul said, writing from a prison cell wherein not too long his life would be taken. I'm willing, he said, to endure anything if it means people will be saved. Could I say that? Could you really say that? That I'll endure anything if it means someone else would put their faith in Jesus. When I say there's a right reason to be bold in our speaking, that's it. The right thing to be bold about is the resurrection. Jesus is alive. That matters to everyone and for everything. The right time to be bold is when God provides the opportunity, especially when someone asks you about the hope that you have. The right way to be bold is the way Jesus would do it, with love and kindness and gentleness and grace and care and concern and patience. The right reason to be bold is so that other people may know and experience the incredible grace and love of God through our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Speaking boldly is not about making sure a certain person's elected to a position. It's not about making sure everyone on social media knows about your views on, of masks and vaccines. It's not about making sure that we let everyone know in our life what legislations or laws we support or don't support that further our cause. Speaking boldly is about the salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus for those that God has called to himself. Those who are walking in darkness and God wants to bring them to light. Those who are dead spiritually and God wants to raise them to life. That's the right reason to be bold. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't care about or participate in the great freedom and democracy we've been blessed with in this country. We should do that, especially as Christians. We should be involved as much as we are allowed to, but we should be involved while we also display 
the fruit of the spirit that we claim lives within us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those aren't the descriptors I would give to many Christians today when it comes to how they're speaking. Especially when it comes to how we speak on social media. And we, we, we should do all the, whenever we're involved, yes, with the fruit of the Spirit, but also refocusing ourselves on our relationships. Willing to endure anything if it brings salvation and eternal glory to those God's calling to be his own. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, I say that tongue in cheek, that if God could save people while Nero was emperor in Rome, which by the way, he was emperor when Paul wrote this. Emperor Nero, the one who fed Christians to lions in the Colosseum, the one who covered Christians in tar and then would light them to illuminate his garden at night, Pretty sure that if God can save people in Afghanistan today while the Taliban's in control, which by the way, guess where the gospel's starting to move real quick? In Afghanistan, where it's most opposed. See, the enemy wants to shove the gospel down underground. What he doesn't realize is when the gospel goes underground, it gains speed. So I'm pretty sure that if God can save people during Nero and God can save people when the Taliban's in control of Afghanistan, he can also save people right here in America no matter who our leader is. The responsibility's on us as his followers to speak boldly, saying the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right reason. Remembering the resurrection, retaining the realization that the word of God cannot be stopped and refocusing ourselves on the relationships around us, making the most of every opportunity. So I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want all of us just to ask God two questions. Here's the first one. God, where in my life do you want me to be more bold? Where in my life do you want me to be more bold? Is it my home, my job, school, the sports team I'm on, around my family and friends, whatever it is? And then the second question, God, who in my life needs to hear about Jesus? By name, who in my life? I would challenge the Christians in the room to always make sure you have a list of three, four, five people by name that you are praying to come to know Jesus. And then here's a prayer for us. I think if we prayed this every day, we'd start to see the opportunities. Lord, please give me the opportunity to be bold in that area of my life you revealed and give me the opportunity to talk about Jesus to that person you brought to my heart and mind. Maybe you're here though and 
none of that really matters because you've not put your faith in Jesus. So just still in a moment of reflection, if you're here, you've never put your faith in Jesus, our great God, who died in our place, he rose from the dead for our sins. He says, by faith in me, I'll forgive you of your sins, give you a new life today, power to live your life for me every day. And then one day, by faith in me, you'll live forever with me in my new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven brought to earth. If you never put your faith in Jesus, it's, it really is the only decision that matters in your life because it matters for eternity. And so I, I wanna lead you in a prayer. If that's you, you can just say this prayer silently in your heart to God. Father in heaven, I believe. I believe in Jesus, that Jesus, you are God. You died in my place and you rose from the dead. So I put my faith in you. Please forgive me of everything I've ever done. Wash me clean, make me new. I turn and repent from my old selfish, sinful way of living by your help, by the power of your Holy Spirit. I will follow you in a new way. I receive from you salvation. Please help me be bold. Help me know the fine line between bold and brash, brave and foolish. But Lord, help me have opportunities now to talk about you, my risen Lord. Thanks for loving me. I'll do my best to love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and look up. If you prayed that prayer, it's the best decision you'll ever make. It is the hardest one you will ever live out, and we want to help you live it out. So first of all, it's important to tell somebody that you made that decision. I would encourage you to find somebody you trust in your life um, to tell. But also, we'd love to know as your church family so you can text us the word E-LIFE to the number on the screen, 94000. Text E-LIFE to 94000 if you put your faith in Jesus. And we'll just shoot you a text right back with a link. If you click that link, you'll get access to a free devotional that we wrote for you that will get you taking your next steps in Jesus. Also, there's a place to sign up for baptism there. Uh, baptism is your next step. If you've put your faith in Jesus and not been baptized, uh, we would encourage you to do that. And we do that on the third Sunday of every month. So this next Sunday is baptism, and then we'll do it again in November, and every month uh, we'll do that. You can sign up at the Next Steps wall computers as well, or even online. If you need prayer for anything, uh, you can stop by the purple tent all the way there in the back of the auditorium, or reach out to us during the week online or by a phone call, and we'll pray for whatever need you have going on in your life. My prayer, church, is that each of us who believe would take this message and that we'd go out this week looking for opportunities. Can you imagine? There'll probably be seven, 800 people here in total today. Can you imagine if 800 of us, if all of us had one opportunity to talk about Jesus this week and we all took it? Talk about a movement. So I'm praying, Lord, give, give me, give us an opportunity to talk about you, to share about the hope that we have. I love you guys very much. Uh, next week, we're going to be ending the series, and then we'll start something new. Hope you'll be back for that. Have an amazing week. You're dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, 
visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.